Hello, you are listening to the Cypress Walton 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. I am Ashley Peterson, Editor-in-Chief of the Cyber. Today we'll be discussing the Center for Accommodations and Access, and today we also have two reporters who have been reporting on the Center for Accommodations and Access. My name's Paige, and I did my article explaining the process for students at the Center for Accommodations and Access. My name is Jasmine, and I just did a personal opinion piece about my experiences applying for for accommodations at CSU. Thank you guys for joining us today. Um, Paige, would you like to tell us a little bit about what you found out about the Center for Accommodations and Access and kind of what the process is for students? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I spoke with Lauren Jones-McCown. She's the director of the Center for Accommodations and Access. So she helped explain the process for students once they've received their uh, diagnosis or whatever it may be from either the counseling center at CSU or from any outside mental health provider or from the CSU Counseling Center. And so as far as trying to get accommodations when it comes to students, is there any kind of definition for, you know, what a diagnosis is that you would need for accommodations? Is it all, you know, mental health? Is it physical? So my article focused on the mental health accommodations, so I can't speak specifically on any and all of those. Um, But as far as accommodations for mental health, yes, they do require that you have documentation of your diagnosis and also recommendations from your doctor about what accommodations they think would be good for you. For sure. And as far as mental health goes, what kind of accommodations could a student um, be looking for in that situation? So students with mental health accommodations, they can be looking for things like um, extra time on tests, Um, priority seating in the classroom, permission to leave the classroom. Um, And none of these are guaranteed to the student, but it's definitely something worth looking into um, and seeing if these things are available to them because it can be helpful to any student. So whenever they do try to get these kind of accommodations, is this agreement made between the student and the center or is it done between the student and the professor? How does that process work? The student will make these decisions mostly with their counselor and with the center for accommodations. Usually the center for accommodations will go based on what that doctor recommends, but that can differentiate depending also on what the student says. So if, for example, the student's counselor recommended they get extra time on tests, but the student says, I, I really don't have an issue with the time on my tests, more so I, I need this. They can speak about that um, and then also speak with the doctor again, too, if necessary. But that's, that's how the process usually goes. Okay, for sure. And so you're saying that they take what the student says into consideration as well as, you know, what professional opinion? Absolutely. And is there any other part of the process that we need to know as far as like what I have so far is, you know, the student has documentation from some kind of health provider, which can be online or through a different kind of provider. Is there any other process they need to go through in order to make sure they have those accommodations? Yeah. So as uh, Lauren Jones-McCown explained, they come in with that documentation and that first intake paperwork is the hardest part about the process. Um, Not even that it's extensive, just that that's the most extensive of the process. From there, it's really just a matter of figuring out what accommodations they'll be given and delivering their letters to the professors. A little bit of back and forth from the professor to the Center for Accommodations and Access. 
but nothing out of the ordinary and nothing to the extreme. It's um, a pretty easy process for the student. All right. So thank you very much for that, Paige. Uh, Jasmine, I know that you have some personal experience uh, dealing with the Center for Accommodations and Access. Um, How did you get started with that? Well, um, it all actually started two years ago when I started having different symptoms and I just knew something was wrong with me. And last summer I went and got checked out by the doctor and we found out that I had ulcerative colitis. And um, from there, I just, you know, kind of started. So last summer, I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an inflammatory bowel disease that attacks the lining of your colon. So um, when you are using the restroom or anything like that, it can be quite a painful and graphic experience. Um, It is a very debilitating disease, and I needed extra accommodations for my schoolwork because I was actually in the middle of my summer semester when I found out. And so my grandmother, who is a former CSU professor, recommended that I apply for accommodations, and I didn't even know whether or not I qualified. So I went to the Center for Accommodations and Access, and they told me that I needed to bring in a doctor's note explaining what my actual disability was and what accommodations I would need. And after I finished with that process, I went back to the CAA office with my doctor's forms explaining what my disability was and the accommodations I would need for class, which at the time was extended time on assignments and frequent breaks. When the CAA office accepted my accommodations, they wrote letters from my professors, which I took to them had them sign and they brought it back. And for my online classes, they'll send an email to that professor and the professor will respond back saying that they accept the accommodations. And each semester that I've been in school, I've had to go on the CSU website and on the website, there's an option for you to select which site you need to be on and you click the Center for Accommodation and Access site and you just fill out a form each semester for the classes You put your student information, just things like that. So students that are requesting accommodations have to go on the CSU website and select the Center for Accommodations and Access and fill out a form requesting which classes they need accommodations for. They need to put in information like their student ID, their teacher's name, the course ID, and things like that. Afterwards, the office will each semester send out the letters and you repeat the process each time. All right. Thank you very much. And whenever you do send out these letters or you have these professors that understand your accommodations, do you have to discuss your specific condition with them? No, the letters are very confidential. They list the code for like um, what your disability is under. So I have a systemic disorder. You can get accommodations for disabilities that are mental, like Paige just said, mental health reasons. You can have physical impairments. I have a health impairment. So On my letter, it just has the code for a systemic disorder, but it doesn't specify what my disability is. You mentioned the lengthy process that it was. I talked about that a little bit in my article, too. So I know that it sounds like a lot, but did you feel like it was fairly simple? Once you were doing it, it was easy to get through or was it a little harder for you? Applying for it was the most lengthy part. Once you're actually in the system, it just gets easier. You're just requesting each semester online. You don't have to 
go to your doctor unless you need to update your disability. Like if you need further accommodations, which I actually did the second or third semester that I needed accommodations, you have to re request and get another doctor's note for whatever extended, you know, accommodations that you need. But it's just a simple application online reapplying with your new classes and that's it. What was the process for you like emotionally? Do you feel like it was fairly simple to get through or do you feel like it was kind of a toll at first as far as finding accommodations, having to explain these things to your professors? It was very emotional the first go around just because I was in denial that I even had a disability and it was very difficult being in an office and feeling like there's nothing wrong with me or I don't need any help and my body was just fighting against me and it was like, yes, you do need help. So it was more like a mind thing and there's nothing wrong with needing accommodations. I just never, you know, pictured myself needing them and you're protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA and the 504 plan. So I really didn't know, even though we have those laws in place for students, you don't always get the accommodations that you may require because we are college students. So I didn't know if I was going to be able to receive extended time on my assignments. And I was surprised that Dr. Lauren Jones gave me those accommodations for me, which was really awesome and really helpful. And my teachers knew me for a while and they were very empathetic to my situation. So It was a great experience overall, in my opinion. All right. Well, I'm really happy about that for you. Do you have anything to say to other students who may be experiencing this, even disabilities that may seem invisible? I would say if you have anyone that can be your support system, just cling to them because it's going to be a very hard thing like emotionally for you. But the CAA is very good at offering the support that you need. I do also think it's really important for people like you that are comfortable talking about their disability to talk about it as much as they can and to those that may benefit from hearing it because the more people talk about it the more comfortable other people will be to go out and try to get accommodations they may need for sure and I also think it's very important to understand that you can't always see the things that are going on with people whether it is mental or physical and so that is something to think about for your fellow students even faculty and staff because you never know what's going on with them on any manner of their health or just their life in general if you want more info on Paige and Jasmine's articles check out the October 2019 issue of the Sabre you can find the physical copies of the Sabre on on all public buildings on main campus and on River Park campus. You can find it in the Corn Center, in Frank Brown, and in the pod. You can also find them when they're uploaded on csusaber.com. The Saber Spot was produced by Doria Lacey with the cooperation of the student staff of 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio and the CSU Department of Communication Department Chair, Dr. Gibson. Dr. Bruce Getz is WCUG's faculty advisor. Thank you to Joe Miller, Saber faculty advisor, as well as Lauren Jones-McCown, the director of the Center for Accommodations and Access, as well as Paige and Jasmine for joining us today. You can listen to this show and other shows like No Strangers Here on 88.5 FM, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. Just search our call letters WCUG. This has been the Saber Spot on 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio.